Welcome back to In the Trenches podcast, a podcast by youth pastors for youth pastors. In today's episode, Elliot, Charlie, and Gary are sitting down with Steve Bland, lead pastor, teacher, and the world's greatest papa. That is right, guys. We are back with another episode of In the Trenches, and uh, we're excited because this is one of the first times we've done a back-to-back week episode. Mm. We, we've been releasing these um, every other Monday, and today we decided, you know what? Let's throw another one out there because Christmas is right around the corner. We're feeling generous. Yeah, you know what I'm it's saying? It's our Christmas gift to everybody. Come on, it's a Christmas miracle. So that's what we're doing. We're, we're releasing this. This is, you can say, a, a Christmas special for everybody else, and then we'll be back in the new year with a new episode from Gary, Elliot, and myself. But today, we are here with Pastor Stephen Bland. How you doing? Hey. Hey, doing good? Yes, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. We're we're excited to uh, be here with you today. And I'm excited just because we're going to be going over this topic and this idea that a lot of people have kind of brought to Elliot and uh, Gary and my attention when um, it was at their youth pastor refresher, I think it was, when Gary went up and he shared about being um, a dad with kids in ministry. And uh, just kind of navigating those waters, and Pastor Stephen has three awesome kids, and have they St- all stop calling him Stephen, bro? What? He goes by Steve. Steve? He yeah. can call me whatever. You're making he me wants. uncomfortable. How is that making you uncomfortable? Nobody calls him Stephen, bro. That's his name. It's yeah, Steve. it's the formal Steve. Name. Pastor can, Steve. Can you start calling me Charles? Because that's my real name. Charles. Yeah. Is it actually Charles? Yes, it is. Wow. Can you call me that? I'll call you Chuck. Chuck. My mom hates that. Everyone at the church calls me Chuck, and my mom absolutely just cannot stand it. So it makes it even funnier when people do say it. Um, Pastor Steve. There we go. Okay, we'll just sure. roll with that. Do you it. You can just right. call me Steve, actually. Steve, okay. Um, now I feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I feel don't like call I have, him Steve, bro. That's, <laughs> disrespectful. Like that's disrespectful. Call him Pastor Steve. Call him Pastor Steve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's that episode? He's like, put some respect on my name. Dude, I had, let's like growing up, I would have like, they always raised us to, we've not mentioned this, I guess kind of in the intro, Pastor Steve is my dad. This is kind of what Charlie was getting at. But growing up, my parents would always, like we'd have those friends with like cool parents that were like, call me Desiree. And I'm like, I'm not allowed to. (laughs) No, you weren't. My mom will smack me in the mouth if she finds out I'm calling you by your first name. Uh so, yeah, even as an adult, there's still people like Miss Bonnie. I'd never mm-hmm. just call her Bonnie. Yeah. Like, I'm not crazy. Uh, but, yeah. No, I get that. I get that 100%. It's funny because for me, I never, I obviously wasn't grown, I didn't grow up in the church, so I didn't know anybody by, like, pastor. And so it was just like either I called them ma'am or sir. And that was the way my dad used to say is that's how you introduce yourself to someone or talk to somebody. But Pastor Steve is here with us today. Yes. And uh, uh, like Elliot said, Pastor Steve is Elliot's dad or papa. Papa. What if I just <laughs> called him daddy all episode? <laughs> so, daddy, what do you think yeah, about? Let's not. Let's not. <laughs> That'd be a little weird, huh? <laughs> oh, man. But he does have three amazing kids, and they all serve in church. And Elliot, obviously, is a pastor. Um, and so we are wanting to really dive into this idea and this concept of raising kids while being a pastor these pks mm. and mm. elliot came out somewhat normal so you did something yeah, right somewhat. come on <laughs> and we want to get into that but before we do um pastor steve yeah. 
Yeah. Can you just share to everyone who you are, maybe some hobbies of yours, and then a crazy youth ministry or just ministry story that you have? Well, uh, as Elliot said earlier, I pastor at La Palma Christian Center. I think you said that earlier. Mm-hmm. I said you're a pastor. I didn't say where. La Palma you Christian La Palma. Center. We came here in 2000. We, you know, we are in our 23rd year at this same church, 18 years as the lead pastor. And uh, yeah, it's, that's pretty crazy. That's a, yeah. a crazy ride. I, I actually dug a little bit and found out that um, I have the longest tenure as lead pastor at that church. Oh, wow. I, I don't know. I just think that's pretty special. Yeah. I, it's very special for me. Married to Karen, and uh, she's my partner in crime and partner in ministry, and uh, I, I love doing life with her. And got three great kids. Elliot, he, he the jury's still out on Elliot, but mm-hmm. Elliot, uh, yeah, Butler, and Daisy, my favorite, <laughs> and um, my favorite youngest child. It's uh, not even all. true. Butler is his favorite. And my grands, and then me Listen, and Daisy. Sh- 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 we go back and forth for who Elliot, is he's interviewing me. my mom's favorite. Yes. Don't worry, I'll just my three him. grandkids. Three grandkids. You know them. Oh, which so one's which one's your yeah, favorite? Which one's your favorite grandchild? <laughs> Mabel. That's a good question. That's a good question. Well, who is your favorite grandchild? No. <laughs> Charlie. That Chuck, that'll listen. cause more issues Chuck. than saying his favorite. <laughs> Chuck, stay on focus. <laughs> See, once Elliot starts going, it's just it gets crazy. Um, I used to be the music pastor, and I was part of a music group for a long, long time before I became pastor. Was a and, worship um, pastor in worship pastor. inner city Chicago. Oh wow! Yeah, we're the only white family. Yeah, pretty much. That's true. <laughs> Black black gospel, uh, I, I love black gospel, uh-huh. and so uh, that still kind of bleeds out a little bit. But um, a funny story, we used to do the youth camp circuit when we were younger. Okay. And um, so we'd lead the worship or do special music or whatever, and uh, we had a Holy Spirit night. You know, you got to have a Holy Spirit night mm. at, at camp, right? Yeah. Limit him to one night. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. Here you go. Make it count. Well, a lot of kids got baptized in the Holy Spirit, actually. So after the service is over, we're back at our table because we sold CDs and T-shirts and sweatshirts and whatever. Merch. Merch, as they say, as the kids say. Uh, So anyway, we're at the table. Two junior high girls come up to the table. Uh And one is still speaking in tongues. (laughs) And so she speaks in tongues to the other girl. And the girl looks at us and says, she needs a large. (laughs) (laughs) What? This is a true story. So, uh, you know, I thank God for the gift of interpretation. Yeah, bro. (laughs) (laughs) It's really helpful. Oh, man. That's funny. Yeah. That is funny. And of course, it has to be a junior high girl. Like <laughs> yeah. just like junior high in general is that awkward phase. But just the conf- like the one girl speaking in tongues, that's funny. But the confidence of the friend to be yeah. like, she wants a large. <laughs> that's so funny, dude. Man, I, I don't think I've ever heard anything like that. That's funny. That is good. Um, but before we jump into the main idea of today's episode, um, Ellie and I were, were kind of talking about this and we were like, man, you know what would be funny hmm. is 
everyone out there in the podcast world today knows the game and we're not going to call it this because that'd be very awkward but knows the game the newlywed game mm-hmm. where you have to try and see who knows more about their partner but today we're going to do it father and son edition uh-huh. to see who knows more the dad or as elliot would say papa mm-hmm. or the son Elliot. And so I have a list of questions that you guys are going to try and answer to see if you guys know each other well enough. I got six of them. We're going to do this really quick because I know you guys that are listening out there can't see, but we're going to try and make this as interesting as possible. So we write the answer for like what I think his answer is. He, th- yes. he writes what he thinks my answer is, and then we'll say and see if it matches up, correct? Correct. And I got two questions that's going to be an easy, just a a layup kind of question. And Elliot, you're going to go first with this one. So, Elliot, what is your dad's favorite basketball team? So, Pastor Steve, (laughs) you would write this down. No, I write it down. You guys both, because he can't just change his answer. Oh, okay, I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, favorite basketball team. And um, I did a deep dive on your Instagram. Yeah. Uh, I try to do that on every guest. So, I was like, I know, at least I think I know what your favorite basketball team is. Yeah. Um, I have my answer. You don't have to keep stalling. I'm not stalling. I just wanted them to know. I I think I know what this is. You do your research? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, first of all, my dad is not a fan of sports in general. I had a feeling on that right? too. He's not a sports guy, especially basketball. If there's any sport <laughs> he's going to like not watch, it's going to be basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is from Indiana. And so <laughs> if, for everyone that is watching, I said they his, can't see his team was Pastor Steve's face. The Pacers. But the Pacers. apparently he put something else. Lakers. What? The Lakers. You've switched to the Lakers? You know, I almost put Pacers, but I don't know. I I went with he's from Indiana, so he's going to stick to Indiana teams. So I would have gone Indiana Pacers, Pacers too, because yeah. that's a shirt I saw we you went, wearing. So I, we went to a Pacers game. We got yeah. to see Kobe play, and but we were in the very top bleachers, uh-huh. and the Pacers won that we game. We won. And both of us had Pacers shirts on. Yeah. So we turned them inside out. No, literally. No, we put <laughs> jackets on because we're in the we section with like people yeah. who are not, they were not happy, happy at all. Yeah. about the Lakers losing. So we went, Zoop, yeah. and then we left. But <laughs> I almost put Pacers. And truth be told, I think it is Pacers. Wow. The, I just real, the real answer is he does not like basketball. Yeah, well, there's, yeah, I was going to say, sorry, a little bit late to the party here, but uh, was it, was it uh, Pacers shirts or Pacers costumes? Yeah, 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 yeah. That is another thing. When we were what? in, uh, when we were, when I was in Little League, my dad, uh, <laughs> Gary, you didn't have to even <laughs> to, come in the room to, to <laughs> chime in, busy? to chime in on how much he's not a sports guy. Uh, I was in Little League and I was going over to a game, and my he was asking my mom, like, I needed my uniform on, but he didn't say uniform. He said, do, "Do you is his baseball costume ready?" I don't think I said that. <laughs> yes, you did. This has been exaggerated over the years. This is true. What's the next question? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll jump into the next question again. Like I said, these first two, they're just. Oh, I thought they were going to be layup questions. We already but that, missed that, one. That first one was not. This one should be an absolute one. Pastor Steve, what is Elliot's favorite TV show? Oh yeah, that's easy. Oh, that's easy, right? It's easy. Yeah. You, you can you can just say it. The Office. The Office. Is that yeah, correct? That's correct. Okay. It's the, the Office, but secretly it's the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that. Uh, one that's up in the 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 answer though would be like Survivor. That's a great so, show. Oh yeah, I forgot. That's like a like family Survivor. thing, that's isn't it? It's a family yeah, show. It is. Um, nice. Do you want to know his favorite TV show? Oh, or you got you got you got his favorite uh, TV show. I think I know. Okay. Yeah. So Elliot, what is Pastor Steve's or Papa's favorite TV show? I would say Andy Griffith. Yeah. Mm, okay. 
There we for go. For sure. Best show ever written. I don't think I've ever watched that show. Charlie. You'd love it. <laughs> Why would I love it? I mean, it's good. It's kind of country great and stuff. Great comedy. Okay. I like the Beverly Hills Hillbillies. Yeah. That <laughs> <I laughs> makes sense. <laughs> Andy Griffith, 100%. Um, okay. Uh, here, here's one. This one's a little bit random. And if anyone's out there looking to get Pastor Steve a Christmas gift, this is a perfect one for you. Elliot, what is your dad's shoe size? Oh, I know. I know. I threw that one in there. I'm like, this might be a little bit of a tricky one, but no. Elliot, what is it? He's a 10. Yeah. yeah. 10. Easy. 10. You, do you know Elliot's shoe nine size? Nine and a half. Yeah. Nine and a half? You wear a nine and a half? Yeah. Huh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I don't like the way you. I don't like the way you said that. I don't even uh, know what that meant, but it yeah, was I funny. I don't like that you just said, "Huh?" You know, that size is always in stock. Yeah, nine and a half is a very like normal shoe size to have. Okay, guys, listen. Okay, let's move on. What's the next question? Oh man. Okay, um, Pastor Steve, what is Elliot's biggest fear? Currently, or like. I think of all time. Historically. Historically. Okay. Of Historically, all time, that should be This has been one. talked about on the podcast, I yeah, think. Yeah, you should know that one. Um, I wrote And it it's down. something that you guys have played tricks on Elliot with. Now yeah. you're just The giving, rapture. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Jesus okay. coming back and him not him not going. It's or, terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is terrifying. You did tell that story, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Many well, times. Number of times. That's, yeah. Now, that's good to comedy. To my Speaking of therapist. Good comedy, <laughs> there's good comedy out to your therapist. Is there is there anything that he's like shared that you're like, that's just not true? Well, he doesn't listen to the podcast, so he wouldn't know. I've heard, I've heard a couple. Yeah. That's not true. <laughs> that's, uh, that's two more than probably our wives of all this. Yeah, exactly. That's true. <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's go on to the next one. Um, Elliot, what is your dad's favorite story in the Bible? S- favorite story in the Bible? Story in the Bible. Ooh. I know. You've listened to him speak for the past 18 plus years. Do you have one like that you think of? Yes. You oh. do? Favorite story in the Bible. Gary, do you have a favorite story in the Bible? I do. Okay. I feel like you, my, you should. I feel like mine is easy. Well, yeah. You, We're not talking about yours. We're okay. About <laughs> um, um, I don't. Oh, uh, the day of Pentecost. <laughs> I'm going with he. he, he I'm, I'm leaning into Such his. A, uh, into his <laughs> I'm leaning into his assemblies of God roots. Who's your best friend? Oh, what? Gary, Joey. Oh, he's just saying that because you're here. That's not true. Gary and Joey. Okay. Wow. Why? Not Gary. Joey. Yes. Oh, Joseph. Yes. Okay. Got it. There it is. Okay. I love that. Like story, Joseph. Honestly. Yeah. That's the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yeah. Or yeah. Joseph <laughs> yeah. Gary. <laughs> the Broadway version. The, bro- okay. the Broccoli version. Joseph. Joseph, okay. And Elliot, what is Wait, did you say Broccoli yeah, version? Yeah, he did. He said... <laughs> you said... I know, said Broadway said, version. Oh, I thought Broccoli, Broadway. like, VeggieTales. I was Veggie not going to let him get away with that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Broccoli version. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. I, I went full on VeggieTales with yeah, that. Yeah, okay. Wow. That makes sense. Um, last one. And this one might... No one wants to know my favorite? We know. He it. doesn't... What is, what is it? What's my favorite story in the Bible? Pastor Steve. Um... Probably the three Hebrew boys. Yeah, Shadrach, yeah. Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah, that was an easy one. If you've ever had Elliot come out and speak, that's yeah. what he talks about. He nails that down. Listen. He does. He does. Okay. Um, do you have one, Charlie? Do I have one? Yeah. yeah, I feel like 
more is it Rahab? Is it yeah? No, <laughs> his is like when the Israelites take out the, that whole city. That's my favorite. No, I think the conversion of Paul on the road to Damascus is probably one of my favorite stories. Mm-hmm. Um, Good one. What's yours? Uh, Jonathan and David. Oh, oh yeah, I could have got that actually if I had time to think about it. Yeah, um, but okay, last one. This one's for Pastor Steve. Um, and you kind of already talked about this a little bit. And I thought I'd throwing this question in here would have given like a little bit of tension in the room, but I don't think it is. Um, but Pastor Steve, who is your favorite child? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we all know the answer. Yeah. Elliot already knows the answer too. So I'm not answering that. <laughs> Chuck. The answer is Butler, but for, I don't know why, but it's, that's his favorite. And then, my mom's favorite switches between me and Daisy. See, I would have said the game has changed now because this he doesn't have true. three children. See, this all has to be edited out. <laughs> yeah, it could be Tanner. I know. I'm uh, Sawyer. Yeah. That, no, we already had the grandchild. Oh, okay. he, that he one, will, I for I sure said no. He will not a, answer. That's a three-way that. That'll cause, yeah, no. that'll cause issues. Uh, but the favorite child. It depends child, on the day. Here, no, here's how, how I'd actually. That? That's a fair That's no, a fair answer. No, no, no. I have the right answer. I have the right answer. Butler is... My dad's favorite. Elliot. Daisy is my mom's favorite. Elliot. I am their combined Elliot. favorite. That's a good that's a good way to describe it. I think I, that's the true. I just love <laughs> the Elliot in the background of all of that right now. Butler is his <laughs> Daisy's my mom. I'm their combined favorite. <laughs> my wife is my favorite. There we yeah. go. Yeah. That's a that's Whatever. a that's a good that's a biblical answer safe right there. Answer uh, right there. Yeah. How do you feel? You okay, Elliot? I, I mean you missed one. Yeah, but I did I though. Yeah, you did. No, that first one, the yeah. layup, apparently that I thought it would be. Yeah, I probably missed that one more than he did. Right now, what we do want to do again, like we said, have you Pastor Steve on the podcast today, and with um, Gary on here and Elliot. This was a, a th- an idea that we thought about for a while now. Um, all four of us in different stages of our lives. Um, Elliot being a dad to two young kids, myself not being a dad, but wanting to be a dad one day. Um, Gary already having kids, two of them out, or one of them out of the house, two of them staying um, with him, and then Pastor. Steve um, with all three of them graduated high school out Elliot's married um, Butler's married Daisy's still at home Um, all four of us like I said in in different stages of our lives and being pastors and striving to have kids or already having kids want to dive into this idea of how can we be the best parents the best pastors to our family and to our kids yeah well what really kind of triggered this was gary's session at refresher um and i know that a lot of the people listening to this were there but even i don't know gary maybe just kind of giving a brief refreshing of that session kind of what you talked about and you said it as a joke um but i know you meant it and you meant it well and I, I understand what you meant by what you were saying when you were talking about raising kind of like weirder pastor's kids and you, you know, <laughs> talking about me and my siblings. But that's, it's true. Like there was a time when we were young, we were those veggie tail pastor's kids. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I know how much your session resonated with people. And in fact, yeah. this whole podcast today kind of birthed from people saying, hey, we have young kids. How, how do we kind of go that path? And so maybe you can kind of just give a refreshing of what you talked about and then we could talk with 
my dad and all of us as well. Yeah, it has really just, uh, you know, I mean, we have three kids and, and all of our kids, I would say, are in different stages in their journey uh, with Christ. And, um, and, and it's really um, tough at times because as a parent, you know, you think um, as a youth pastor and, and especially that my, I, I get it. I know how to raise teenagers. I know how to do it. And looking back, um, Amy and I both look back over these, uh, these years of raising our kids. And, and again, we love them. They're great. We have a great relationship with our kids. And, and again, they're all on their separate journeys. But um, we definitely look back with some regret and some mistakes that we made. And we know ultimately every, every person has to choose um, to follow Jesus. We yeah. can't force that we can lead we can train we can do all of those things but ultimately they have to find their own relationship with Jesus and um, it's been um, one of those things for us looking back there are things that I wish I would have done differently um, that I thought I was doing right that I realized now I was doing wrong um, everything from passing um, the devotional part of our my kids lives to my wife thinking that I was just delegating um, I'm leading that way when in fact I just passed it off and, and I should have been leading that the entire time and, and, and doing that. Um, being too concerned a- about our kids because of viewing some other pastors' kids that were kind of socially awkward and um, weren't really connecting, we wanted to do the opposite. We didn't want our kids to be those weird Christian kids. And so we went, we went too far the opposite direction uh, of allowing them and, uh, to do some things um, you know, not wanting them to, to be afraid of fitting into the world in some ways. Um, but there's things we look back now and we wish, man, we wish we would have done that differently. We wish we would have protected them longer. We wish we would have had them involved in certain things and not involved in other things. Um, and I did. I used Elliot's you know, family as a, as a great, um, obviously Elliot and I are pretty close and I'm pretty close with his entire family. And, um, you know, I look back and, and I can remember Elliot in, in high school and you know, he was this. <laughs> uh, what did I have on, Gary? Yeah. What was I wearing? A bow tie. Yeah, um, I did have a bow tie. It was for, and it wasn't like my look, to be fair. It wasn't like I was the bow tie kid. <laughs> but I, can, I can see you as the bow tie I kid. I was, listen, dude, you can't, I don't want any fashion advice, cowboy Chuck over here. But All look, I'm saying is I can see you. He met me, and I, I did have a bow tie on. It's just, the, you know, I, I just remember him, and I remember him being, you know, kind of the life of the youth group and, and, and that kid. And, 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 I wish, you know, I always, our, our goal was not to raise, um, you know, we were always afraid, oh, we don't want to raise socially awkward kids. I wish we would have just not been afraid of, of raising just weird Christian kids because um, the fact is they're not weird. They're just yeah. protected and, yeah. and taken care of and raised differently and raised with certain morals and values that, and again, in our, in our process, we thought, oh, no, we're, prote- we're, we're protecting them by, um, so they're not so shocked when they get out into the world. I wish we would have done more to, to say no to certain things and had them at certain things and just, again, um, kept the walls up longer because the fact was, I, we went too far the opposite way, and now we're we're walking through some of the repercussions of that. And, mm. and um, again, I do believe all my kids are going to really know who Christ is in their life. But it's a it's a harder journey now than it would have had it had to be mm. if we would have been um, less worried about some of those things and more focused on just guarding them, guarding their walk, and um, and, and not so worried about the world stuff. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah, no, that's that's good. And um, like I, I talked to Elliot about this. Like, this is a topic that I'm like, in a sense, nervous about. 
is, is raising kids in, in ministry. And so this is the cool part. And I know there's a lot of us out there that are listening right now that are either um, uh, fresh parents or striving to be a parent. And so I hope you and I encourage you to really lean into this. I know I'm going to lean into this conversation today. But Pastor Steve, I kind of want to open the floor to you and kind of yeah. just share your heart. Yeah. Let me just say this, too. And again, this is not um, just to to build up Pastor Steve, but one of the things that we have is Amy and I have looked back, and obviously we've been very close with the Bland family and, and, uh, and with Elliot especially, and, but we look back and we see um, their kids mm-hmm. and how they are, and, and again, they, they've had their own journeys at different times, but to see the way that Pastor Steve and Karen have raised them and how they've turned out um, for us is an example of, okay, here's some things we need to re-correct. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, honestly, if people ask me, like, how do we do it? I point them to people like the Blands and say, this is how you do it. Yeah. So, Wow. I, you know, Gary, I, I love you and Amy, and um, I think you folks are an amazing example of how to do it. And I appreciate your vulnerability. This is how we can really help others by being vulnerable and risking. Mm-hmm. And so um, thank you for being vulnerable with the audience today. Um, you know, uh, I, Karen and I just had to try and figure out what God wanted us to do. We didn't raise our kids um, as PKs mm-hmm. necessarily. We raised our kids in a Christian home. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But I knew early on there was something, God's hand, I sensed that God's hand was especially on Elliot and that there was a call on his life. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying that God spoke. I didn't hear an audible voice. Some people have. I've not. I'm not looking for that. But it was a sense um, Little did I know that God would end up calling all three of my kids to ministry, which is what I feel. I feel all three are called to ministry, and I'm very thankful for that. But, you know, Elliot's the firstborn. Do you remember the Brownsville Revival? Well, that team came to Indianapolis for, a you know, kind of a special service at one of the big churches there. And we went over, and, of course, we wanted either Steve or Kilpatrick, you know, one of the big dogs to pray for us or our kids, you know, we wanted to fall out. Everybody's yeah. falling out, you know. <laughs> um, but they were, they were swamped. But Dave Reaver was there. And Dave is a good friend. We've had him at our church many times. And what a powerful, anointed man. And we, we brought Elliot over to Dave Reaver, and he began to speak over him as a baby. And it confirmed what I felt I knew. And so that changed things for us. We are guardians. As parents, Christian parents, we're guardians over these kids. Mm -hmm. And we have an obligation and a responsibility to then make sure as much as possible that we do all that we can. Which means we're probably going to have to make some adjustments in our home. And we've always told people, we don't even tell others necessarily all of the changes that God spoke to us about. Mm -hmm. What we need to do 
because what God is telling us to do and the adjustments that needed to be made in our home, it's not, it's not for everyone necessarily. You know, it's, this isn't the, this isn't the, the map or yeah. the, the format necessarily. But listen, if the Holy Spirit speaks to us, if God speaks to us about making adjustments in our home, we need to listen to that and we need to obey that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if it's just get Hercules, seriously, out of your house. Yeah. We had to remove Hercules, the Disney cartoon Hercules, because it messed Elliot up. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I wouldn't tell everybody, you need to get Hercules out of your, yeah. you know. I mean, we're not, we're not that kind of p- parents. But, you know, Elliot's thinking there's only one God. So that was an easy thing to adjust. We had to yeah. make adjustments. So, Yeah, I think, um, so the Hercules thing is funny because that wasn't something they, like, forced on us. I, I don't know how old I was, like, four or five. But 18. I got that, yeah, like, a couple <laughs> months ago. I got that gift for, like, Christmas, the movie Hercules on VHS. And I, I don't remember this, but it's been told back to me and it seems like something I would do. But I went to them and I was like, we, we can't watch this. There's other gods and there's only mm-hmm. one God and the Ten, Commandment, Ten Commandments are clear or whatever. Like, but that, but they, they did force things. Like there was restriction on things that I didn't even agree with. Like, like you know, uh, we were talking yesterday with my mom as well. And she mentioned like we couldn't watch SpongeBob. You know, mm-hmm. that's the funny thing in, in my marriage now. Tanner was a SpongeBob kid yeah. and I was one of the kids. You weren't allowed to watch it. And I remember distinctly my mom, one of the times she was like, well, let me give it a chance. Let yeah. me watch it. Because that was the thing, too. And especially parents now, we're forced more than probably even they were to watch what our kids are watching and to know what they are uh like the things they're consuming. I remember Gary, you talking to me and you're like watching through that show 13 reasons why. Cause you're like, dude, if all of our students are watching this, I want to know what they're portraying as the high school experience. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So anyways, the, my mom sits down to watch an episode of SpongeBob and it is the episode where there's like graffiti on stuff and yeah. it's like dolphin noises but yeah. they're alluding to the f word yeah. and so the worst episode she could have ever watched she watches and she's like yeah you guys are never watching spongebob like to this day bro i remember i started watching the office in high school and i was allowed to but i still wouldn't turn spongebob on because i was like <laughs> i don't want to get in trouble um that's awesome but i think it's an example of of you know, we do have to be willing to protect our kids. Yeah. As believers, we have to ask ourselves spiritually, is this, you know, and again, this is where I feel like we made some mistakes. We thought, oh, it's just Disney or it's just SpongeBob mm-hmm. or it's just, and you know, there, but where do you stop and where do you yeah. draw the line and where, and I think as, as believers, you know, we've hit this point, especially with technology, especially with what's out there. Here's the world we live in today. We have to protect and guard um, our, our kids' faith. I say this all the time to, to young dating couples is, you know, your job is to guard her walk with God. Yeah. Your job is to guard his walk with God. I, I think in, in a lot of times as parents, we just take it for granted that we're doing that because we're taking them to church or they're going to youth group that that's happening. But it's not like the most important thing in our lives as a parent. And it has to be the most important thing in yeah. our lives as a parent that we are guarding their walk with God and looking at this world and saying, okay, is that going to help them? Is that going to build mm-hmm. them? Or do yeah. we need to protect them from that for a little bit longer? Yeah. When I think, so here's something I'd like to kind of discuss, especially with you two, um, because I know, Gary, this has been sort of a a pillar for you in the advice that you give to people 
and dad i'd say it's something that you definitely like modeled for us and it's a conversation we've been having just as we even discuss uh the church where the church is at like the the greater church but also la palma and just things like that figuring things out um but i think at the you know here we are all all of your three kids we're we're grown we have our own families and we are we love god and we serve god um like what a testament like like what a um testimony for you and mom you know more than number of attendance at services or budgets that are being raised or like i think that that is a picture of legacy and i think that's something gary you've talked a lot about is just like this is the more important thing your home your family pastoring there first is way more important than any event that you're going to do and obviously there's balance to that but i just like i think as a takeaway as a parent now that's probably the biggest lesson i've learned from both of you guys as voices in my life is the the power of that and and if you never get any you know praise for any of the other things that you do like what a what a powerful legacy to lead that all three of us are loving god and serving god um and i think that's because you made some intentional choices all along the way um where the church could have benefited from your time or benefited from your you know focus but you and mom like dug deep got in our business it was it was a full-time thing you know Um, we have to keep the priorities in balance mm -hmm. and it needs to be god then your family and then ministry and for ministers it's easy for the second two to get out of balance and out of order and it takes real focus you know and sometimes Karen has to remind me right our wives many times will see that before we do because we're just so focused on I got to build this church I've got to I got to minister to people and whatever but um, our family has to be first above the ministry God is before our family of course but um, and that means listen I'm done I've got a, I've got I've got little league mm-hmm. right I mean you want to talk about somebody that's not a sports guy. That's me. I mean, it's true. But when it came time for Elliot to be of age of Little League, I was an assistant coach. Yeah. And I don't know what I'm doing, but I didn't, it didn't matter. Yeah. I wanted to be with him, first of all. And I wanted to just, you know, be a part of that. Yeah. yeah. So I did it. Yeah, I think that's that's huge, and I, I mean, again, like I said, I I didn't wasn't raised in church, but I remember those times as a kid growing up where it's like, my dad, even though he worked a full time job and had those days where it was like he didn't want to do anything, it's like those memories of like him just sitting there at my practice and just like watching. And I think there's a lot of things that I remember from my dad that it's like, oh no, those are those are great things to kind to kind of um implement when that time does to have kids. And so like when you were sharing that right now, like being the assistant coach, it was like it's those little memories that as like young kids are being raised up, it's like that's what they remember. They remember their dad being there. They remember their mom being there. And um that's huge. That's huge. And we draw from that. I yeah. draw from my relationship with my father, who's eighty three and I love my dad, you know, dearly. But, you know, there, there are things in both columns mm-hmm. with how dad raised me. Yeah. My parents raised me. Things I want to emulate and, and model and things I want to change and make mm-hmm. better for my kids. And I want to create memories that they cherish. And, you know, I was there. 
I was yeah. involved. And uh, you got to be intentional about that and build that in. Yeah. It's, it's easy for youth pastors especially. I would say youth pastors more so than anybody else in ministry, um, minus maybe missionaries, um, to, ch- to chase the stage yeah. um, because it feels wow. it feels good. Yeah. Mm. It feels good to be asked to speak at things. It feels good to be asked to host things or to Applause do and things. On the back. Yeah, it yeah. feels good, and it yeah. builds you up, and it builds that ego up. Um, so it's easy to say yes to a lot of things, but, you know, and, y- and you guys have heard this. You've probably heard this a thousand times that people will say to you when you have young kids, it goes by really fast. Yeah. And, you know, I remember as a young dad thinking they're, they're two, they're three. I have so much time. So, yeah, I can go do this or do that. Um, now my youngest is 18 years old, 18 years old, and that's it. Like my, my I don't have, I have adults now. I don't have yeah. little yeah. kids, and, and it went by so fast, you guys. It yeah. just flew by. I blinked, and my youngest is graduating high school this year. That's crazy. So don't, don't, don't believe into your own hype. Yeah. Um, don't buy into you have to be at everything, you have to host everything, you have to speak at everything. Like again, I get it, and I did it, and it feels good to to have those. But your time with those kids, you will have um, time for all that when you're done being um, raising little yeah, kids. Yeah, it's good. Um, yep. But that time with them as little kids is such a small window. Um, chase them, not the stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it boils down to like we were saying, like, and I think it's a ri- reminder to me. You know, <laughs> like I, I mentioned this to you, Gary. This refresher is kind of the the follow up to uh, last year's refresher, and uh, there was great sessions and great speakers. But I remember you just sharing that in like because it was really fresh in your mind and your life as a friend. I know, but just the vulnerability, it like I was bawling afterwards, just thinking of Sawyer, you know. Yeah. And I think even just as we have this conversation, it's a reminder to to me even of that like what do we want our legacy to be? And I think we live in a world even now that's different than the world that you raised us in. We're yeah. so easy to chase following and platform and esteem from other people and all that stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, I want my legacy to be Sawyer in Dallas, loving God and serving God. And that like, that is more 100%. important than anything yeah, else. It is. And it's more fulfilling than anything else. Um, and obviously there's a balance to that. And so I'll, I will ask this because you mentioned something, Dad, that I think is an interesting point, And I think it's true, but worth kind of discussing. Um, you said it wasn't so much about us being pastor's kids as much as, mm-hmm. you know, raising Christians. children to love God. Yeah, Christian yeah. children. And I remember, like, I believe that. Um, but there were times where I was so fed up with being the weird pastor's kid with having all the restrictions that my friends didn't have, you know, having to go over to Nathan's house to watch Adam Sandler movie, like, you know, I'm saying like, like all these silly things or whatever. Um, and just being fed up, like, I don't want to be a because pa- being a pastor's kid is different. Yeah. Uh, and I guess I'm the only one in this room who can speak to that experience of like not only raising pastor's kids, but being a pastor's kid. And it can be tough at times. Um, And I remember moments where I told both my parents, like, I don't want to be a pastor's kid anymore. You forced me into the, you know, all that stuff. And my mom, especially, but both of them saying like, cool, we'll, we'll pack up tomorrow. Like if you, if, if this is too much for you, we'll be done. I'll go work. My, you know, my mom's like, I'll go teach. Your dad can 
start his painting business back up again. Like there's things we did before church That's that right. we could do, but they told me this. They're like, here's what's not going to change. We're not going to just start letting you watch whatever you want to watch. We're not going to just let you go over to people's house. Like, you think that that's what's keeping you? It isn't. And uh, so I think there's something to that, like, to all the listeners and to even emulate that with the people that we lead as pastors of, like, this isn't just a different standard. Like, this is how men of God should raise Christian families to lead and to be involved. But I do want to speak to just the difference that PKs go through. And for the, the listeners... Uh, who are pastors, who do have pastors, kids, um, just talking about how that how that is different. You know, you guys are on uh, a pedestal. You guys are on a platform. You guys are on, on people display. look to you, and so are pastors, kids. So, like, I don't know if we could talk about that a little bit, maybe. Like, how? What do you mean? I don't know. Tips, advice, thoughts. Yeah, I even would even add on to that because, like, I remember when I first started coming to the church, our church that I work at now, um, there was pastor kids there. I think maybe even talking about this more congregants at our church that would look at the pastor's kids when they mess up and be like, what's going on in their family? And it's just like that behind the scenes talk where I'm like, but that's just that's the kid. That's not the dad or the mom's fault. Um, but and, Gary, you've mentioned this, Gary, like just the, the line of figuring, like allowing it can't all be the negatives of being a pastor's mm-hmm. kid, like allowing pastor's kids to kind of experience the benefits. Yeah, that, that, yeah. there is. And they, I mean, you know, I think pastor's kids like there, there was a point where I, I told our, like our youth leadership team um, from here on out, if my kids names drawn they win the prize you know yeah. i mean it's it's Why that not? kind of thing because you have that mindset of well my kid can't win because they're the pastor's kid or you know yada 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 and just really um understanding that there is some benefits and it's okay that they have benefits they get to you know all three of my kids have met phil wickham and and yeah. got to go backstage at convention and yeah and you know they've earned that right for what they've had to sacrifice as being a pastor's kid there's got to be perks to it yeah. you know because there's definitely negative to it um, there's definitely things they have to carry and weight that they have to carry without even realizing they, they have to carry it because of other people's opinions and thoughts. Yeah. Um, so there's got to be some benefits to it as well. You know, our kids have all traveled the world. They all have been to multiple countries and on missions trips and um, experienced that. So there's got to be those things as well. And, and But making sure you help them understand, you know, what that is and what that looks like. And, um, and when it comes to being a, a pastor's kid and then you guard them, you know, you, you make sure that you're their biggest protector. People don't yeah. get to target them. People don't right. get to, um, you know, bad mouth them. And they don't get to, to use the phrase. I, I thought you were a pastor's kid. You know, that's that's, you know, we'll, we'll look at their own kids. And, and yeah. um, you know, the, the thing is, is it's the word behind pastor kid. They're kids. And yeah. Kids are growing. Kids are learning. Um, kids are experiencing. We train them. You know, again, Amy and I have dealt with a lot of guilt on, man, I wish we would have done this different, that different. And, but ultimately, and I've said this to so many other people, it's just getting my own self to really grasp it and understand it, is um, every person has to discover their own walk with God. And, yeah. and, you know, a kid can live off of their parents' relationship with Jesus for quite a long time as, as kids and, um, you know, even young or uh, teenage kids at times. But eventually there's going to come a point where they're going to have to really discover their own relationship with Jesus. And, yeah. you know, you can you can train a child in the way they should go. And there's still kids that wander. There's still kids that fall ap- away, yeah. um, that make bad decisions. I know a pastor in our network who, you know, none of his kids are serving the Lord right now. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, it breaks my 
my heart for him, but he can't carry that weight. Ultimately, yeah. it has to be those kids, and it's hard as a as a Christian parent, um, especially as a pastor. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a heavy burden to carry, and it's hard to release it. It's hard to get it off your shoulders yeah. because y- you do. I mean, that's who you are. You reach people for Jesus, and then when you can't reach your own home, it does have an impact, and it does have a, a weight to it. But it's trying to battle back and not let Satan use it as a tool to take you out um, because, you know, you're still in the fight. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. One thing I'd like to lean into, I don't know how much more time we have, but... One thing I really loved, Elliot, um, especially when you got into your teen years, uh, was the open communication that we had. Yeah. You know, uh, I, Karen and I really strive to have open communication and talk about whatever was frustrating you or whatever questions you had, not just you, but the, other, the girls as well. But, um, you know, we're just, we're focusing I'm, I'm on you favorite. today. Yeah, you know, I get it. So, um, <laughs> But I love that aspect of our relationship. I thought we were able to talk about a lot of things mm. that, um, you know, openly. And yeah. then we would discuss, you know, you wanted to, one thing that comes to my mind, you wanted to go to a party. Yep. And we knew there was going to be drinking there and, and whatever else, who knows, you know. And we did not want you to go, you know, just straight up. We didn't want you to go. But we wanted to be sensitive to your age, your your peers, your friends, and all of that. So we just had a really open, honest conversation about everything, and we ended up letting you go. Yeah. And so... Um, and I and the thing that, that's so funny about that story is I didn't like the party. Like, because here's what... He, as the pastor, pastor's kid in this scenario, I will just speak to my perspective a little bit. Um, in the beginning years, uh, like, I didn't fully grasp it it, really young, I, you know, VeggieTales, devotionals, Sunday school, that stuff was working, obviously, because I was the one who was feeling convicted about Hercules. And I'm like, we shouldn't be watching this. Then you switch to those preteen, teenage years. I didn't get it. Like I've said before, even when I preach places, if my parents would have given me the same speech that a lot of my friends' parents were giving them, which was, hey, we don't want you to have sex, but if you do, wear a condom. We don't want you to go to parties and drink, but if you do, call us to get a ride. I would have 100% have tried to do both of those things. I don't know how like effective I would have been, but you know what I'm saying? Like I, I would have felt so free because i didn't have my own real personal relationship with god it was totally about my parents and i think that's the benefit of us as youth pastors especially is we're that's what we're trying to help cultivate is for students to realize you need your own relationship with god your parents isn't enough because for a lot of the students they don't have any parents that have relationship with god or others they do but it's it won't last and that's what i was seeing and so they they parented me though they weren't trying to be my friends they didn't care they got into my business like so many of my other friends like their parents it was like blissful ignorance you know i think they knew what was happening but they just wanted to believe their kids um and so they did that but what happened is as they allowed me to kind of they they didn't they didn't ease up on me they just kept parenting me even though it, it led to things like you guys are the worst and I wish we were never pastors and stuff like that. They pushed through all that and continued 
communication and it built trust. And all along the way, God was working in my life, like you're talking about, Gary. I had my own personal experience with God when I was a junior in high school. And what happened then is really when our relationship has developed to what it is even now, where yeah. trust was built and trust was earned. And I didn't want to do anything to break that, but I was able to be honest with him and say, hey, this I've seen this in movies. I've seen this happening. I, I kind of want to go to a high school party. I got invited. Like, what do you guys think? And they said, well, here, you know, here's the thing. Uh, and I didn't lie. I'm like, yeah, people are going to be drinking there. People are going to be smoking weed there. I don't I'm not going to do that. And they believed me and I didn't. And, yeah. and so it was just this like really cool thing that even him knowing that there was calling on my life, I fought that especially in my teenage years, I wanted to be a history teacher. I wanted to be the the main thing that I was like the most focused on was I wanted to be in the fire department. Fire, fire, and and yep. both of my parents were fully on board with that, which is so interesting for me now, knowing that he had seen calling on my life. They never forced calling or relationship with God on me, but they did say, if you're going to live in our house, here are the rules. Mm. So I, I think there's something to that is yeah. like you like you're saying, Gary, you can't force relationship with God. But I'm so sick and tired of parents. And this is probably not for this audience. But as youth pastors dealing with parents are like, my kids just they're not wanting to go to youth today. Yeah. And it's like, who cares what they want to do? Yeah. You, yeah, they don't get to decide that. Yeah, but I think it's the problem. And, and again, this speaks to just parents in general. Um, people in this generation, especially parent out of they, they parent out of fear. Yeah, wow. And they let fear dictate how they parent. Like, I'm afraid they're going to be mad at me. I'm afraid they're going to want to leave. Or I'm afraid, you know, they're going to stop talking to me. And instead of just parenting, and you end up going into the friend zone. It's just like uh. when you're dating. You don't want to be put in the friend zone. <laughs> yeah, Can I tell you this? Good. As a parent, so you don't want to be put in the friend zone. Wow. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, so good. Huge. We are called to be the parent first. If friendship comes, that's bonus. We're friends now. Yeah. You know, not that we weren't throughout, but we were parents first. Yeah. hundred you know? percent. That's a good point, Gary. That is. When it, and it does. The, that's what I'm saying is, is you respect that more. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there, you, I'd never, I didn't fully understand it, but I do now. Yeah. I get it now. And I think that's, it's such a picture of God in our life. You know, the, he's got these rules and, the, you know, and, and, showing us this is sin and i don't want you living in this and it isn't arbitrary it isn't just because like i don't like it it's because i see things you don't see and uh you know sawyer woke up today and he's eating lotion and i'm like bro you can't be eating lotion you know and to him that's like what why you're the worst but it's like i love you you can't be doing that one day you'll understand and i think that's the deal um is just being able to look and see, especially as a parent now, raising pastor's kids and um, being able to say, like, I want to raise my kids in a way that I was raised, you know, and especially with Tanner, such a contrast of saying I, she has no real model of this. Um, but, yeah, it, th there is hope. It, it can be tough. It is difficult. I think that's why Gary and I, especially um, when we go places together, when I go places for you, the live um, if there is a pastor's kid there, we we do all we can to connect with them and to make them feel special. It's why at our events now, there's these separate things that at everything we do, camp, convention, network conference, anything we do, we want a connection point, but also just a chance to love on these students. And, and I think of even in myself, I don't want to put people on blast, but there are a few pastor's kids who are in 
uh, youth ministry right now at some different youth ministries across SoCal that I have a personal connection with because I know just the dynamic that they feel of like, I don't feel like I can be fully real with my youth pastor because either they are my parent or they work for my parent. And so I think that's the benefit is, you know, a huge thing for me is not only the way my parents raised me, but like having people and partners in my life, like Gary leaving and going and interning, you know, my goodness. Yeah. That's so important that you also intentionally make sure that other people are coming alongside of you. It's not random. Mm. I think of Gary, Gary, listen, (laughs) I could not tell you how thankful we are that God sent you to Elliot and to us, but really to Elliot. I mean, what a godsend. I think of Pastor Dave Lutz, you know, our youth pastor who just took you under his wing as well. And and on the earlier stages, um, he was so influential and uh, I thank God for him. But we, we can't allow others, you know, to come in and have negative impact and influence on our kids. You know, we're guardians. So if we can, you know, we have to just say, eh, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I think that's huge. And even like going back to something that you guys were talking about a little bit ago was just that open communication. To me, that was a huge one. And I, I vividly remember the conversation that you, um, Ellie and Pastor Steve, um, you guys posted on Instagram um, when everything happened with George Floyd. You guys were saying you're sitting in your office and you guys were just having a conversation about it. And there's those moments, like for me, again, not being a PK or anything like that, where I'm like, I wish I had the kind of open, honest conversations with my dad. And um, it didn't really happen until I got into becoming an adult. And now for the listeners, you guys probably know, like my dad's no longer with me. And so there was so much from the first 22 years that I wasn't able to experience with my dad. And I think that's such a huge, huge, huge um, point to make when it comes to, especially with PKs, but just in, just being a parent in general yeah. is just having that open, honest conversation. Cause there's so much hurt that I went through that if I just talked to my dad or my mom, I for sure probably would have not gone through it, but it was just because I didn't have that kind of conversation or that, that moment. Um, but as we close, there's a, there's a question that I do want to um, kind of throw to Pastor Steve and, and Gary, because I think this is a question that's honestly becoming one of my favorite questions um, to ask anybody. But it's if you were able to go back in time and tell yourself. And have dinner with anybody. It's like it has nothing <laughs> to do with parenting. Random yeah. question. Um, uh, if you're able to go back in time and tell the younger dad, you as the dad, uh, a key piece of advice to watch out for, what would that be? I know I threw you guys on the spot, but I think it would be I've got to I've got to stay focused on those priorities mm-hmm. because I, I it's easy for me to say today, you know, here's the priorities: God, family, and ministry. Yeah, but I didn't always get it that way, mm-hmm. you know. So I think I would try to keep that more in line. So, uh, you know, my family didn't suffer. I mean, ministry's got some hurt with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't care who you are and what aspect of ministry, there's hurt that comes along with that. And so my, you know, my kids got to see plenty of that in our home. And so I would, I'd try to, I don't know, I think I'd try to protect a little bit more from some of that maybe and uh, keep those priorities straight. 
Yeah. I I would say to to my younger self, find find a pastor whose kids are all serving the Lord, mm-hmm. and at least ask them like, what what did they do? How did they do that? And you know, how did they parent? Because again, I went off, and I won't say who or anything, but I went off a couple examples of how people raise kids, um, and and used it as um, I don't want to do it like that. Yeah. I don't want to raise my kids like that. Instead of finding someone and that I could say I want to raise my kids mm. like that. That's good. Yeah. Wow. That's really good. Well, Pastor Steve, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks for the this, invitation. Of course. This one is a, a, a great topic, and I encourage anyone that is listening, take another listen to this one. There was a lot of stuff that was said, um, a lot of good key information that is, um, that's placed out there. I know I'm going to go back and listen to yeah. this, even though I'm a part of it. But Wait, before we end, because it's, yeah. it's kind of heavy, why don't we lighten it a little? This is the <laughs> Christmas episode, right? So yeah, I know you, you had Merry some Christmas, stuff. Everybody. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. you had some stuff to, like, like yeah, this, I just want to go home and hug Sawyer now. <laughs> like, right. uh, so um, maybe yeah, we can lighten it up at the end here so a little I, bit. I threw in um, this question. And because, um, like we said, it is the Christmas um, episode. And it, it's just funny because it came to my mind because I got a gift on my desk. It's like one of those things where you go into your office after like a Sunday morning and there's a gift on your desk and you're like, who gave me this? Like what congregate member gave me this gift? And you open it up and you're like, oh, I'm never going to be able to use this. And, and I kind of want to throw it out there to you. And you don't need to put anyone on the spot. But what is a, a just a crazy Christmas gift that one of your church members has given you? Hmm. I love every gift that my <laughs> congregation has ever given me. Yeah. Oh boy. I can't think of one thing like that. People whenever you collect something, mm-hmm. people think oh, you just yeah. they want to get you everything. So yeah. like I obviously I collect Star Wars stuff, but I don't need like door hangers and <laughs> random posters That's and true. Like, everyone who wants to get me something thinks, oh, I'll just get them a Star Wars thing. And yeah. I, I'm pretty particular in what I have. So I have a whole load of just, like, uh, coffee cups and mm-hmm. just, you know, like, I appreciate the thought, but there there's, there's more to me than that. <laughs> there's been some food items that, um, you know, we're thankful for, but. Oh, man. You know. Yeah. We just have a potluck, and potlucks are so scary. Oh, dude. I, I've gotten, uh, like, hand-drawn stuff from students, <laughs> like, of me that are kind of like Napoleon Dynamite. Like, I spent 30 minutes yeah. on your upper lip. Like, like that kind of thing. Like, where... On that mustache? Yeah, where you're like, that's what you think I look like? Yeah. Like, is yeah. this what I look like to other people? Uh, so I've had a few of those. And then you have to put them up in your office for a little bit. Yeah. So Dude, those are one, good. One of the, my favorite gifts, and I still use it to this day, not for what it's intended for. And this kid is now one of our interns at our church. Um... He bought me a Buccaneers beer mug, and um, I don't know if he knew it was a beer mug, but um, it's a full-on beer mug, and like I said, he's one of our interns now, and I think back to it when I opened it. It was like one of those, like, I'm shocked that I'm opening this right now, but I'm grateful that I'm opening it, so now I just drink my Dr. Pepper out of it. Our first Christmas, you just jarred something (laughs) in me. Our first Christmas at at La Palma, one of the congregants gave us a bottle of wine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we digress. Oh, man. So, well, 
Hopefully that. There's our youth ministry Christmas yeah, yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a, a, a light in the mood. <laughs> now, now, we're, now we're back. Now we are here. You can just play jingle bells through yeah, the yeah. entire show. Fast and Steve, even the a, down parts. He's a presbyter too. He's going to get a meeting after. I'm writing notes as we yeah, speak. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> well, Pastor Steve again, man. Thank you so much yes, for being here. Yes, thank you. Love you guys. Yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this. Like, like I said, go back, listen to this a few different times. There's a lot of good stuff in um, this episode. But other than that, that is the last episode of the 2022 Merry Christmas. Season. And uh, we will catch you guys on the next one in the new year. Love you guys. See ya.